0: Your blood flows through my veins.
1: my, My roadie didn't come So I'm having to do all my things myself He has a tendency to not show up So Lord we're grateful There's no one like you, God. And we just want to say we are grateful, we are thankful. This is Thanksgiving weekend, and we are thankful. Amen. Here we go. It'll get better.
0: It's
1: you have for Proclamation God There is peace on earth Goodwill to men Let there be peace on earth Goodwill to men Be the first one to do a Christmas song in this church this year. Is that okay? Can we do that? Um, This is a song I, I wrote a really long time ago. It's called Salvation Has Come. The veins of the blood that will change the world. Through the heart of this faith comes the love of the Father. In this manger there lies the seed of a new creation. This infant there comes salvation to israel in his birth is fulfilled the hope of the nations in the smallest of lives the fullness of god
2: I'm so glad uh, the worship guys from Morningstar came and and, uh, we're going to receive a second offering for them later on too. We want to bless them, their school, the worship school. And uh, Leonard's right, they probably need a little money for lunch, although we're going to provide lunch for them. So you have a little extra. But um, I didn't know who all would come. It's a holiday, you never know. But wouldn't it be something if this was a divine setup? I mean, what if God brought you here today on a Thanksgiving weekend to do something that you've been waiting for, hoping for, believing for? You know, I mean, He's that kind of God. How many of you know that? Sometimes it catches you off by surprise. You know, one of His names, I've heard Rick say this many times, so it's not original, but one of the names of God, He's Jehovah Sneaky. And um, that's not biblical, obviously, but... But he does, you know, He, you take one step toward him, he just thinks you're going to sell out and he takes a couple steps toward you. He goes off, I'm telling you, he wants you, he loves you, and he's got your greatest plan for this hour. I, I want you to go with me to Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians and uh, chapter 1. I'm going to share something from my own testimony, but I believe also to be something that'll be a blessing. It's a challenge that, that I, I encourage you to do. Make it a part of your life. And, uh, but we're going, to do, we're going to do this today. We're going to pray this prayer. But um, anybody hungry for him? And if you're not, get ready. He's going to turn up the hunger. One way or the other. The church in America, you know we're in the midst of a revolution. How many of you know that? It's already started. There's a political revolution. And in revolutions, there's all kinds of stuff happening. So you can expect a whole lot more to happen. It's just not going to be smooth sailing. How many of you know that? We got to pray. We prayed a whole bunch before that uh, election. and We got to pray a whole, whole bunch more now. And uh, But remember, it's not about the election. It's about the elect of God. You're the elect. And the church, it's what God's going to do in the church And I believe a revolution is going to break out in the church of America In fact, this weekend, I was going to say this for later But, but Bonnie Jones texted me Now Bonnie, you know, Bob's wife And, and uh, she wanted to come up And, and uh, she told me though, because her husband's laid over here Bob, the bones are not too far from us Which I always think is pretty awesome Bob's in that great cloud of witnesses You know that there's a, there's a lot more than Bob, but, but she said, the Lord spoke to her and said that it's time for the rose of Sharon to blossom. Now, you, if you know a little bit about Bob's testimony, you know, he, he saw this rose of Sharon. He said it represents, you know, the church and that it would be time. It would happen now. And so she came up and she laid twelve, you no, know, a dozen, a dozen, not twelve dozen, but a dozen roses. They probably didn't make it over the night because it got below zero. But but I I went out there and I, I, you know, I just kind of laid hands on Bob's, it may sound funny, but his bones are there, you know, and there's an anointing and there are promises God gave to Bob. And I just believe, you know, I know when people say now, things are now going to happen. You know, most of us know those nows stretch into seasons, months and weeks and years sometimes. But eventually, the now is going to mean now. So how many of you would agree with me that, you know, you have not because you ask not. Let's just agree now. That I mean, that rose of Sharon and all that it represented to Bob, revival and an awakening in the church, now. We can't wait till now, two years from now. You know what I mean? So I'm just in agreement. All right, look with me in first or second Chronicles. Did I say second? Chapter one. Whatever I said, go to 2nd. Did I say 1st? What did I say? Thessalonians, Thessalonians? That? What are you guys, what are you hearing? That's not right. Chronicles. Maybe I should preach out of Thessalonians. I don't know. Go to 2nd Chronicles. Maybe there's something about that. We may want to read Thessalonians. Just read them both. They're pretty short. All right, right, Second Chronicles. Verse 6, chapter 1. Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and he offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. And so he went up to worship God to offer himself, offer sacrifice. Verse 7, on that night, say that night. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? And when I read that, I thought, what if it meant really on this day, you know, on that night? What if it was this day, on this day? Remember, there was an occasion where Jesus said, on this day, this scripture will be fulfilled in your hearing. And what if this is the day this is going to be fulfilled in your life if you'll embrace it? Now, if you came just to go to church, you may just leave the same. But we didn't come to go to church. We came to believe God. We came to meet him. And uh, so we're going to believe, instead of that night, this day. So say, this day. God said to Solomon, God said to you, ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said to God, you've shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you've made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before the people... For who can judge this great people of yours? Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart, and because you've not asked riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you may judge my people over whom I've made you king. Wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had. Who were before you, nor shall any after you have like this. Now, there are two things. First of all, that we got to understand, I believe must be, this generation that is emerging. There's an emerging generation. How many of you are part of that? I don't care how old I am. I'm a part of this emerging generation. But I know there is also a younger generation that's arising. And God's got a great purpose. You got to understand this. Number one. You get the opportunity to walk out the promises and the purposes that God has given you as an individual, right? It's an opportunity. Now, how are you going to walk out what God has promised you? You, I can tell you, just look around and you find anybody that's been around for a while. It takes faith. It takes patience. It takes endurance. It takes overcoming. It takes laying aside every weight. Every sin that would so easily beset you—it it takes a little perseverance. Some of you know that. You got to wait. You got to endure, and um, you got to—you just got to keep on the course. If you fall off, you get back up. But then also, you, we need to understand this: not only are we to walk out the things that God has spoken over our lives, we get to walk out the promises that God gave the previous generation. Even our fathers, our forefathers that were never fulfilled. If we'll grab hold of that, if we'll believe God, you say, hey, can you prove that? Well, I want, can I prove it? Look over with me to Now this time I'm going to get it right. Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to get this one right. I don't know how all this will come apart or come off. It may come apart. But i got to release something today, okay? Is that good? You came on a Thanksgiving weekend. You didn't come just to just go. Man, you came to meet God. How many of you expect Him to do something today? Man, you got to have expectancy. you got to have hunger. If you don't have hunger, say, God, in this, would you do a quick miracle? Make me hungry, and He'll do it. Anyway, here it is. We see it in the Hebrews and uh, Chapter 11, remember the great hall of faith and all of the great cloud of witnesses. That's who it, they're talking about. By faith, they overcame all these things. And uh, look in verse uh, 32, verse 33 and 32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises. They obtained promises. So we know, there were many of this great cloud of witnesses that obtained promises, but that's not the end of the story. There's more to that story if you look back in uh, verse 13 of chapter 11. It speaks about those, they had faith, they endured, they persevered, but they they didn't see what God had promised. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises. But having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed them. And then look down in verse uh, 39. All of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And then if you go in, and we won't go there this morning... But chapter 12 is about those who are going to walk in the promises the previous generation never saw come to pass. He said, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the sin, every weight, and the sin which so easily, you know, besets us. And let us run the race with endurance. And so there are those that walked in the promises, and then there are others they're going to walk in promises spoken to the previous generation. Everybody got that. There are promises God gave Bob Jones that have never fully come to pass. What do you think we're here for? What do you think you're here for? There are some promises you're, you don't even know in your lineage, generations past. Some of you had fathers, grandfathers, great, great grand. God gave great promises. They were men and women of faith. They persevered. They never saw the fulfillment. What do you think you're here for? You're here to walk out the promises of God. It's going to happen eventually. Acts 3.21, speaking of Jesus, it says, The heavens will retain him until the time of restoration of all things spoken by the mouth of all the holy prophets since the world began. The fulfillment. So there's going to be a fulfillment of everything that God has Ever promised. Now, there's one more thing I think we should get from these texts. And that is, if you don't see the fulfillment of what God promised you, it doesn't mean you are a failure. You're just a link in the great chain that God's put together. He's an eternal God. His purposes are eternal. You may be here just to believe. Hang on to that. And then fall into the ground And then if a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies It doesn't remain alone, right? But if it does, it's going to bear much fruit And there'll be others that'll come after you That will walk in what God promised you But today, my challenge is that you'll walk in what God has promised Because there's a generation that's going to do it So let's go back to that question Back to 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7 I'm just going to pose this question to you What if What if God walked in this room this morning And if I believe the Bible Like I've always believed I know I'm supposed to preach As of the oracles of God As if you know God himself were speaking I I read yesterday about how I I was to be a good steward Of the manifold grace of God Because it's the grace of God so, I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to deliver this challenge. Then you've got to take it up. You've got to run with it. But what if God walked in this morning and He looked at you right in the eyes? He said, Okay, on this day, I'm standing before you. Ask, What shall I give you? How would you answer? Him? Would you ask for, you know, riches? You know, give me the riches and honor and long life. You know, that's what the Lord said about Solomon. He could have asked in verse 11, riches and wealth, honor. Here's one, the life of your enemies. God, you know, these guys, these they always been at me, my enemies, God, get them. You know, would you ask God to do that? Or, or long life, would you ask God for long life? Listen, long life is not... That's not the the main thing. The main thing is you live life. You live every day, whatever long it is. And you do the will of God so that when that day comes, you will have said, I've done it. And he'll look at you and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not how long you live, but how you live during that length, that time that you have. But what if he asked you, ask of me, what do you want? What can I give you this morning? What would you ask him? Well, I want to just share, as a part of my own testimony, these things I've been asking. And then you can embrace this, and, and I would encourage you to do it. If you the three little things, okay, then the worship team's going to come back up, and we're going to pray, but I want to release this. If you'll do it, I'm telling you, God will honor this. How many of you believe me? He will honor this. I have faith. I've been believing for a great awakening since I can remember God spoke to me in dreams, showed me things. He told me one day I would be a part of the greatest revival America has ever seen. And then he reminded me, he said, it's only a part. Because what God's going to do, it's going to take a whole bunch of parts. A whole bunch of whosoever wills. whole bunch of men and women, boys, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And I'm getting ready. Anybody else getting ready? Amen. I'm not joining Bob out there until I see it. Well, that's what I hope. But then if I don't see it, then my son and daughter is going to see it. If they don't see it, their son and daughter is going to see it. But I'm going to see it. So here you go. What do you ask God? Well, first of all, what does the Bible say about asking? One thing, Jesus said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will what? Not." The door will be open for everyone that asks, receives, everyone that seeks, finds. To whoever knocks, the door will be opened unto him. Then over in James chapter 4, it says you lust and you do not have. You murder and you covet, you cannot obtain. You fight in war. You know, you ever tried to, you know, you struggle in your own flesh. It says simply you do not have because you do not ask. So instead of striving and struggling... You know, just ask. But then the next verse says, in verse 3 of James 4, You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your own pleasures. See, Solomon didn't do that. He didn't ask for riches and wealth and his own pleasures. He asked for what most would benefit the people that he had sent to serve. He was a true servant leader. He was like a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. I mean, he was willing to lay his life down. He was there for the people rather than the other way around. And uh, But he didn't spend it on his own pleasure, and God gave him even his pleasures. How many of you know God does that? I mean, he's that kind of God. 1 John chapter 5. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, say his will, we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, then we know that we have the petition for which we ask. And the key is His will. Now, here's another Scripture. John 14:14. 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, who said that? Jesus. Now, that's one of those verses. They tell us, you ask anything, anything. That's what it says. They forget to tell us the way you interpret Scripture is by Scripture. And if you look at the, the context of Scripture, then there's more to the story. you got to ask. Don't ask amiss. Don't ask for your own pleasure. You know, ask according to the will of God. There's a whole bunch more to the story. And also what's interesting about John 14:14, 14, 14, in the next verse, it says, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So I'm telling you, loving God and obeying God has something to do with it as well. And then over in James 1, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and he'll give liberally. God is not a liberal, but he gives liberally. You understand that? There's a different meaning. Things have changed. And then if you'll turn around, you see Psalm 2, ask of me, and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And we're asking. We've been asking for America. Well, what did God say? Ask of me, and I'll give you. The nations, they're asking for India. We got folks going to all over Ukraine and other places. We're asking God. But there are three things, three little Fs. They all begin with an F that I'm going to challenge you with. And then we're going to pray and and ask God to do it this morning. Is that a good plan? Number one, if you'll do this, you'll find things will change. Number one, ask God that his favor would be on your life. His favor. That's exactly what Philip was talking about. The favor of God was on him, and God led him, God opened the doors. First Samuel chapter two verse twenty six and the child Samuel grew in statue and in favor both with the Lord and with man. And then in the New Testament Jesus in Luke chapter two, he increased in wisdom and statue and in the favor with God and man. Psalm five twelve. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. How would you like the favor of God to surround you, just like a shield? Psalm 30, his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. And then remember Esther. Esther obtained favor in the sight of all that saw her. And there are many more scriptures. But in the New Testament, it speaks of the divine. It's the same word that's used for grace that's interpreted grace. It's the divine influence upon the heart and the reflection in the life. And in the Old Testament, it's the graciousness, that the kindness, the pleasant, the precious. You're well favored. It's the approval of God. I don't want anything more. You, I tell you, you can have the whole world. You can have the approval of man. I want the approval of God. If you seek the approval of God, you might gain a little bit of the approval of man along with a whole lot of the disapproval of men. But the approval of God is far greater. God before you who could be against you It's like you know a rancher You know we were I've never lived on a ranch I was born in Texas But I was only a year old I don't remember we left I don't know if we lived on a ranch It would have been cool though wouldn't it Now Philip you're a cowboy What's it like But anyway just think if you own these cattle You know you want You want somebody coming on your property And stealing your cattle So what do you do You take a branding branding iron, right, and stick it in the fire, and then you stick it up against... I bet that hurt. Could you imagine? Man, are you kidding me? Hey, I surrender. I could see those. But anyway, we want to be branded by Him. That may hurt some too, but it'll help more than it hurts. And we need God. We want people to look at us and say, there's something about you. There's the favor of God. When God's favors on you, your enemies will even be at peace with you. Things will happen you never planned. Doors will open. I remember, it's like Philip sharing that testimony when I was in seminary in New Orleans. And I wanted, I felt like I was supposed to sit out for a time. And I asked the Lord, I said, God, would you give me a job on offshore? And I heard about those guys going off on the rigs. And Pretty good money, they go out seven and come back 14 and 14 depending. So I asked God, would you give me a job offshore? I had a dream. And in the dream I saw a building, downtown New Orleans, I saw this dream. And I woke up, said I'm going to go find that building. So I went downtown, sure enough, it's exactly, it was an oil building. And I, you know, I walked in, went upstairs, I looked for the offices. I, I went up to the office and there was a sign On the door, said, we are not accepting applications today. No applications accepted. In my spirit, it's like God said, pay no mind to that sign. You don't even, you go in there and apply. Because he gave me, I saw this in a dream. I saw the building. So I went in there and I said, uh, I'd like to apply to go offshore. Oh, sit down right here, young man. Fill out this application. By the end of the week, I was working for Odico. Ocean drilling and exploration company. Out way out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. Well, what in the middle, but it might as well have been. I couldn't see the shore. <laughs> couldn't see anything. It was really an amazing thing. But let me tell you, I know signs are important, and I could have stopped. You know, I could have said, "Well, the sign said don't go in there. It ain't going to work." You know, wouldn't you figure? I could have got there and said, you know, just like it. They're not accepting applications. That was a phony dream. No, it wasn't a phony dream. It was God speaking to me. Sometimes signs, don't worry about the signs. He is the sign. He is the sign. Just go. The favor of God. And I pray today that God will surround you as with favor. You'll be favored of the Lord. When you're favored of the Lord, you'll know it. Things will happen you never thought could happen. How many of you know God can do that? Remember Paul said, I bear in my body the marks. Now, the only problem was the kind of marks he's talking about was stripes. You know, those kind of marks. You might be branded that way as well. But ask him. Let me challenge you young guys. Ask. Make that a permanent part of your prayer. God, give me favor. Let the favor of God be on my life. And then secondly, ask God for his fragrance. His fragrance be on your life. You say, Well, is that God? Absolutely. Let me show you. 2 Corinthians. Look with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. You've heard this scripture before. How many of you know where I'm going? You know. Verse 14. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph in Christ. How many of you found that to be true? Doesn't matter what's happening, He always is leading you to triumph. You always win in Christ, even when it looks like you lose. You hadn't lost. He always leads us to triumph. And through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Now look at the rest of this. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those two groups of people. First, those being saved and those who are perishing. The one of them, we're not going to smell very good. That's what it says. To the one, we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And so not everybody's going to take a liking to you if you sell out to God. But you want to be the kind of person that leaves an aroma, that fragrance. Now, there are some odors you don't want to leave when you're in the midst of a crowd. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? We won't go there. Some of them, it scatters the crap. We all been there. How many of you have been there before? I, you know, I'm, I, Why are you laughing? I know every one of you. You know exactly. But anyway, we won't go there. But the what kind of odor do we want to leave? I pray this all the time. I prayed it since I was a young guy. God, let me leave that aroma. Let me leave an odor, the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ in every place. Bonnie told me yesterday, we, or no, day before, we were visiting. And um, I invited her to come because I, I said, Bonnie, would you look up all the prophecies Bob spoke over Moravian Falls and come and release them? If it's time, come and do that. So I think she may come in a couple of weeks. She's praying about it. And she'll search it all out. But, um, man, I used to always pray. And, and she told me that Bob, there was a time in his life over a season that he didn't have to go share his faith. People would come to him. they say, Bob, would you tell me how to get saved? Would you tell me? Can you pray for me? I mean, they, just, they didn't even know him, and they would come to him. Would you tell me about Jesus? What if God did that here? I mean, it doesn't mean we're not to do the work of an evangelist. We do that. We want to. But what if, supernaturally, God just released heaven's fragrance... And wherever we went, people wanted to know Jesus. I'm mean, if you would like that. How's America going to be saved? Cuz we get the latest evangelism plan, you know, discipleship 101? No. I'm telling you there is and we all we must make disciples. I'm telling you it's supernatural. I'm going to pray this morning God does it. You thought you came with your deodorant? You're going to leave with a new kind of deodorant. Now, you're not going to smell very good to those that are perishing. That's what the Scripture says. But you bring conviction. You want to bring conviction. Wouldn't it be awesome you walking and food lion, and the person behind you falls on their face. They begin to weep. They cry out, I've got to know Jesus. I've got to know Jesus. The kind of revival we've got to have is that kind of revival. And then they get up and grab hold of your, your pants. Man, tell me, what must I do? I'm lost. I need, I need a Savior. So we're going to ask God for that fragrance. And then the next thing, asking for fire. I'm, asking, I'm going to keep asking for the fire of God, the favor, the fragrance, and the fire. If you guys will grab hold of that, I'm telling you, you're going to have more fire than what you know what to do with. Matthew chapter 3 says, I indeed baptize you with water and to repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I. The sandals I'm not worthy to, to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I believe we've had, you know, that the baptism of the Spirit, now the baptism of fire. You know, I was thinking this week, I wonder what it was like, you know, those original, when fire first was discovered, Adam and Eve, you know, what were they doing? I've seen people try to explain, you know, these cavemen were walking along and a bolt of lightning struck, you know, and I don't know how it happened. But anyway, it happened. And fire. It changed everything. It changed the course of history. I mean, they could cook, they could warm when it was cold. They could see when it was dark. All kinds of stuff happened. I'm telling you, when the fire of God falls on the church in America, everything will change. Bonnie gave me a verse that God had given Bob. And it's over in the Song of Solomon. It had to do with that rose of Sharon somehow. And I read that. It's chapter 8, verse 6. It talks about how love is like a flame of fire. The waters can't, you know, the floods can't put it out, can't extinguish it. But there would be like this love of God that would be poured out. I'm telling you, God wants to pour out fiery love on the church. And we're going to get to walk in. it. And I'm praying for that this morning. We got to have the fire. Some of you are a little bit quiet this morning. You're not going to lose the fire. You're not only not going to lose it, you're going to get more than you ever had. One of the prophets, I told you, I've told these, but there's some people visiting. One of the first prophecies over my life, They said, you will never be a dripless candle. Remember, I shared that. And I remember I was a little bit slow. A dripless candle. You had to think about it. You ever thought about, you know, what do you mean, dripless? Then it finally, duh, that means your fire won't go out. It's going to always be burning. And I thought, well, God, if my fire is going to always burn, I mean, is that for me? No. It's because you, listen, you're going to release that fire. Because America is going to need it. And there's going to come a time. I'm going to make it known. I'm going to release it. So that's what we're going to do today. Some of you are saying, well, is that it? Is that it? Yeah. That's it. How many of you take that challenge and, and start asking for the favor, the fragrance, and the fire of God? How many of you do that? Just... God, today give me favor, like you did Philip. You're no, you're no respecter of persons, God. If you would do that for a cowboy and a trucker, well, you used to be a trucker, you got a new job. I don't know what that means. But whatever it means, you'll do it for me. It's the favor. And then that fragrance. And you've got to release the right odor, but you will. God, let that knowledge of God, let people want to know you when they get around me. I may not even say anything. I may just walk down the street. I'm, I'm going to ask for a supernatural deposit of the fragrance of heaven on our lives. And then I'm going to pray for the fire of God. So if you want to be a part of that, just stand and we're just going to pray. and Just going to release it. Yes. Yes. Anybody have faith? Now, first of all, you've got to make sure you're in the faith. You've got to be in the faith to have the faith. So if you're here or you're watching by web stream and you've never surrendered your heart to Jesus, you don't know if this was your last day on the earth where you would spend eternity. If you have any doubt, my friend, this is not the hour to doubt. This is the hour to know that you know that you know and be certain. This is harvest time. And God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. If you'll believe in Him, you'll not perish, but you'll have everlasting life. So what do you do? Well, you must, first of all, believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead. You believe that in your heart. You believe. You confess with your mouth. You say, Jesus, I confess you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Be my Lord and Savior. And if you mean that, He'll come into your heart. How many of you remember that first time when you were saved? You remember, your heart was beating out of your chest. we got to have those beats again. We need the Holy Ghost to come and with great conviction, convict the lost. You can't come to him whenever you just want to. You just, okay, today I wake up, I think I'll follow Jesus. You can only come when he draws you. And there's a drawing. And we release that this morning. A drawing to him. And I want to just leave people in a prayer. If you've never asked Jesus, or you're not certain, or maybe you're just not today where you ought to be. You know, you you lost that intensity and that passion, and you want to get it back. Let's just all pray together. And if you want to know Jesus right now, just, just pray something like this. Say, Dear God, I need you. I believe in Jesus, that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and he rose from the dead. I ask you to come into my heart Fill me with your spirit Be my Lord and Savior From this moment on I will follow you In the name of Jesus There's one more thing I want to do As we get ready to pray Back during the uh, The Welsh revival Evan Roberts There was a prayer that he prayed you, And he um, he would want the children to pray this prayer And we prayed that about what? I don't know, three months ago I remember doing it I want to add something to it This is what I felt God put in my heart And God's going to do it But the prayer went like this He would go in and It was at Mariah Chapel where the revival really broke out It actually, if you read the testimony Evan Roberts woke up And he'd had a vision of a candle And the sun rising in the background of the candle And he believed that God spoke to him and said, Revival is coming to Wales. And he stood on that, and there was a prayer that the Holy Spirit gave him. And he would teach the people to pray this. And the prayer went like this, Send the Spirit now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit now powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit still more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. sake. And I want to I add the fire to that. Can we do that? And I'm going to lead you. We're going we're to pray. Send the Spirit and the fire. You say, why would He do it? Well, here's a scripture I found this week. Ezekiel 20, verse 44. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, when I have dealt with you for my name's sake, and not according to your wicked ways or your corrupt doings. If God dealt with America according to our wicked ways and our corrupt doings, it would be sad. But he says, I'm going to deal with you for my name's sake. What if he did it for Christ's sake? For Jesus Christ's sake? For the honor of his name? So I want you to pray this prayer. I'll lead you in it. Just extend your hands out. Just say, send the spirit and the fire now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit and the fire now powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit and fire more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit and fire still more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. sake. I want to do it again. I feel like the Lord said, do it once, do it twice. Send the Spirit in fire now for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit in fire now powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit in fire more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Send the Spirit and fire still more powerfully for Jesus Christ's sake. Now let's just wait a moment. Just, just wait. See what God does. Well, we have not because we ask not. We've asked. And we're asking for our own lives, we're asking for our children. We're asking for our families. We're asking for our state. We're asking for our nation. We're asking for all these nations these flags represent and those that we couldn't hang up. We're asking for Moravian Falls. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. You are a good God. Hallelujah.